Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades on five continents, culminated his ministry with a 21-year, book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called a life study. This life study is the basis of our program today, which includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's life study. Here in the studio with us again today is Ed Marks. Ed, we're having a wonderful life study in Genesis, and I'm really looking forward to this one. Witness Lee today is going to develop and discuss a profound thought that we see throughout the entire Bible, and that is how that God has created man as a vessel and with a human spirit in order to receive and contain him. I think it's interesting that God's first action was not to teach him to worship or to serve him, but rather to place him in front of the tree of life. What are your thoughts about this? Well, the first crucial thing that we need to emphasize is that God created man as a vessel with a human spirit in order to receive and contain God. Our concept mostly is on doing things for God, serving God. But in God's thought, man is a vessel to contain him in order to express him. Now, with man created as a vessel, what God did was he didn't teach man to worship him or how to serve him. He didn't give him a long code of do's and don'ts. If we were God, we might have told man, and of course Eve Eve came out of Adam's side, we might have told him how to love his wife, how he should conduct himself, how he should worship, how he should serve, but God didn't do any of this. What God did was he placed man in front of the tree of life. And Genesis 2.9 tells us that this tree of life is good for food. And God's whole discourse with man here in Genesis 2 shows us that what God is concerned about with man and with us is our eating. He wants us to eat the right food. What we eat will determine how we live and what we express. So we know from from the Bible that the tree of life signifies Christ as life to man. Christ wants to come into man who was created as a vessel. He wants to fill man with himself as life. But in order to do this, Christ has to be man's spiritual food. And this is what the tree of life signifies. It signifies Christ as our life supply to us, coming to us as spiritual food for us to take into us so that we can be filled with him and live by him. The Christian life is not a code of do's and don'ts. The Christian life is a life of taking Christ in as our spiritual food so we can live by him, live because of him, and express him and magnify him for his glory. Thank you, Ed. That's a great background for us to get into today's life study. Let's join Witness Lee. Now, we have to come back to this very crucial point. What is God? Jesus in John 4.24 tells us that God is spirit. What is God? God is a spirit, just like this table. 
This table is wood. This table in substance is wood. Wood is its substance. Now, what is God? I don't say who is God. I say what is God? God is spirit. The substance of the divine being of God is spirit. What organ do we have to substantiate such a divine substance? Our human spirit. If you don't exercise your human spirit, yet you try to realize God, it is just like you don't exercise your sight of the eyes, yet you try to realize the colors. It is impossible. So you use the wrong organ. God, he has the intention to impart or to dispense himself into us, the human beings. And how could this be then? The Lord Jesus, when he came, he told us that he is the bread of life. And he also told us, he that eats me, even he shall live by me. That means we eat Jesus, we live by Jesus. Jesus is not only our Savior, not only our Redeemer, not only our life, but also our life supply. He is the food of life, the bread of life. God's intention is to dispense himself into our being. By what way? By the way, being food for us to take in. And then what organ within us that can take God in? Our human spirit. Why we have to pray? To pray is not just to ask God to do things for us. That is too shallow. To pray is just to breathe. The Christian prayer is Christian breathing. Whenever we pray, calling upon his name, that is our breathing. Am I right? Breathing gets in the breath. So whenever we pray to God, we just pray by exercising our spirit. Then automatically we just take the very divine being, which is the divine spirit, into our spirit. Then within our spirit, we just contain him. And in a sense, we just assimilate him. And it is by this way that God could get into us as life. We as human beings were made by God in a very specific way. And the way that he made us a vessel with a receiver. That is our human spirit. And this was the first step God took to accomplish His purpose. Ed, let's take our first break right here. I'd like to ask you from your own experience what it means to exercise our spirit that Christ would be the bread of life to us and even the breath of life to us. Yes, this is an important 
revelation for us to see that as believers, we need to exercise our spirit. The New Testament tells us in 1 Thessalonians 5.23 that man is a tripartite being. In other words, man has a spirit, a soul, and a body. With our body, of course, we possess a world consciousness. This means we can contact the material world around us. With our soul, of which the mind is the leading part, our soul is composed of our mind, will, and emotion, we can contact the psychological world, and our soul possesses self-consciousness. But God created us with a deeper part, and this is our spirit. Our spirit possesses God consciousness. It's with our spirit that we can contact and enjoy God who is spirit. So John 4.24 says, God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit. Or you can even translate this with our spirit. Our spirit is the organ by which we contact the very God who is spirit. The bookstores are full of how we need to exercise our bodies. There's health clubs. There's all kinds of means for us to exercise our bodies. And then there's schools for us to exercise our soul and exercise our mind to develop our soul and especially our mind. But we need to see as believers in Christ that we need to be those who exercise our spirit. And this is seen in 1 Timothy 4 verses 7 and 8 where Paul tells us to exercise ourselves unto godliness. Then in verse 8 he says bodily exercise profits a little. What the exercise unto godliness is not the exercise of our body, and it's surely not the exercise of our mind or our soul, although we we need to use our mind, but preeminently we need to exercise our spirit, and the best way to exercise our spirit is to pray. Now, to enjoy Christ as the bread of life to us, we know that the words that he speaks to us are spirit and life. So when we exercise our spirit by praying over God's words, this is the way that we can eat Christ and enjoy Christ as the bread of life and as our spiritual food. We would encourage everyone, when you read the Bible, read the Bible prayerfully. Read the Bible with prayer. This is to read the Bible with the exercise of your spirit, and this is the way to enjoy Christ as your spiritual bread of life through the words of the Bible. Ed, thank you for the word about the bread of life. Witness Lee also used the term the breath of life related to the exercise of our spirit. Can you give us a word here? Yes, Second Timothy 3 has a very particular word. It says, all Scripture is God-breathed. What this means is that actually the scripture is the very breath of God. Well, how do we enjoy Christ as our spiritual breath? We need to breathe in God's word. Again, the way we can breathe in God's word is by exercising our spirit through prayer to pray over the words of God and to breathe in the scripture, which is the very breath of God. It's in this way, by praying over God's word, that we can enjoy Christ as our spiritual breath. Thank you, Ed. Let's rejoin Witness Lee with today's live study of Genesis. Now, the second step is 
to place man in front of a tree. I do believe we all have never seen such a tree. And this tree is not called the tree of peach, the tree of apple, banana, no. And this tree is called the tree of life. When I was young, and when I read the first two chapters of the Bible, I said, why God didn't tell Adam, Adam, you have to honor parents. Then I myself said to myself, silly man, Adam didn't have the parents. <laughs> then I said, why God didn't tell Adam, Adam, I am your creator, and you have to worship me. Morning, noon, evening. All together, every day, you have to worship me seven times. But the strange thing to me was that God didn't give them any word. Just one word saying, be careful of your eating. <laughs> you have to eat well. You have to eat rightly. Don't eat wrongly. I don't care whether you love your wife, whether you submit yourself to a husband. I don't care whether you worship me or not. That doesn't mean much to me. I do care for your eating. And you have to care of what you eat. You will be what you eat. You eat something of death, you'll be dead. If you eat something of life, you'll be the life. So you have to take care of eating. If you read carefully in Genesis 2, you have the choice so present to the eyes. That means to please man, to make man happy. God's intention is not to see that what you would do for him, but he likes to see how happy you are, how satisfied you are. Don't consider what you have done for God, what you should do for God. You have to consider, are you happy today? Are you joyful? You know Romans 14, 17 says, the kingdom of God is not of meat or drink, but righteousness. Peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Ed, what a revelation this is, that God cares for our joy and satisfaction in Him much more than what we do for Him. I'd like to ask you a more personal question than a doctrinal one on this point. Can you tell us how this realization has impacted your own Christian experience? Yes, I have to repeat again what you just said, and that this is a tremendous revelation to realize that God cares for our joy and satisfaction in him much more than for what we can do for him. One thing that really touched me is that when Watchman Nee was in prison, when he was imprisoned by the communists in 1952, he spent 20 years in prison until his death in 1972. One of the last words uh, that we received from him when he was in prison was that he had learned how to maintain his joy. And I think all of us as believers need to realize that we need to maintain our enjoyment of Christ. We need to maintain our joy in the Lord. 
There's a famous verse that many Christians know in the book of Nehemiah, which says that the joy of the Lord is our strength. And there's a marvelous verse in Psalm 16, verse 11, where the psalmist says to the Lord, he says, you will show me the path of life. And then he says, in your presence is fullness of joy. I can testify that without the Lord's presence, without the constant contact with the Lord and exercising my spirit to contact the Lord, there's no happiness and no joy. We need to realize that Christ himself, his very indwelling presence is our joy. We need to be Christians and believers who are living in the presence of Christ continually by exercising our spirit in prayer. Actually, there, there's a number of ways as Christians that we can maintain our joy. Uh, one way is in Jeremiah fifteen sixteen, where Jeremiah says, Thy words were found, and I did eat them. And thy word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. We need to be those, again, who exercise our spirit to pray over God's word, to read the word prayerfully. This is the way we eat God's words, and then his word becomes the joy and rejoicing of our heart. Even we've seen that the Lord put man in a garden called Eden. Eden means pleasure. This shows that God wants to be man's pleasure. Another way for us to maintain our joy is to meet with other believers. It's through the fellowship of life with other believers that we're filled with the joy of the Lord. In Psalm 42, it speaks of this. In verse 4, the psalmist talks about how he went to the house of God with the saints with the voice of joy and praise. I think many of us can testify that if we maintain our fellowship with the members of the body of Christ, this will maintain our enjoyment of Christ. Then we enjoy the Lord's presence, and his presence becomes our very happiness. In his presence is fullness of joy. And that's really encouraging, that our enjoyment of Christ not only satisfies us, but actually brings delight to God as well. Let's return to Witness Lee for the conclusion of today's life study. According to the purpose of God in the universe, the earth is the center of the universe. And the Garden of Eden is the center of the earth. And the Tree of Life is the center of the Garden of Eden. The whole universe is focused on this Tree of Life. Now, in the Garden, you have the Tree of Life and man standing before the tree. The tree of life was there just an indication that God would be life to us in the form of food. So one day, and he came in the flesh, and in him was life. Life that is revealed in Genesis 2 now is in him. John 15 tells us, Jesus is a tree. He is a wine tree. He is a tree. And Jesus also tells us that he's life. You see, on the one hand, Jesus is a tree. On the other hand, Jesus is alive. Eventually, Jesus is the tree of life. And he did say he is the bread of life. This means that Jesus came as the tree of life to us in the form of 
Here is the tree of life, good for food, that there was also a river, a tree and a river, right? A tree of life, surely the river should be also of life. Whenever you take God as food into you, that food would impart the divine life into you. If you read Revelation chapter 22, you can see out of the throne of God proceeds the river of life with the tree of life growing in it. Now, we all have to realize whatever is here in Genesis is a seed. The growth of this seed of the flowing river is here shown in Genesis chapter 2 and the growth is in the following book of the Bible. And the harvest of this flowing river is there in the book of Revelation. So by the whole Bible, with all the following books, we can see God today in his son, Jesus Christ, is to be life to us in the form of food. If we would take him in, we'll get the satisfaction. Not only so, this life will become the water within us, and this water will become a current, a torrent, flowing within us to regenerate us and to transform us and to make us so fruitful and so sweet. And out of this flow, we all will become good pearl and precious stones which will be fully gold for God to build up his habitation the new and I really loved this message to me it is so helpful to see the unity of this revelation throughout the scriptures would you recap for us the revelation of Christ as life throughout the entire Bible from Genesis to Revelation There are some major things here. Firstly, we see the creation of man as a vessel. Man is a vessel to contain Christ as life, to be filled with Christ as life. Then God puts this man before the tree of life. And we've seen that this tree of life signifies Christ as our life supply. We need to eat him as our spiritual food, enjoy him as our life. We see in the book of John, especially chapter 6, Christ reveals himself there as the bread of life for us to eat. He says, he who eats me shall live because of me. This means that we take him into us as our spiritual food by exercising our spirit over his words, which are spirit and life to us. So he becomes our life supply as the tree of life. When we take him in as the tree of life, he becomes the river of life in us flowing in our being. He flows in us as the river of water of life. And as the river of water of life, when he flows in us, this flowing of life within us transforms us. It transforms us into precious materials for God's building. In Genesis 2, we have the tree of life. Then we have a river flowing out. And at the flow of this river, we have three precious materials, gold, delium, which is a pearl-like substance, and precious stone. At the end of the Bible, we see the New Jerusalem there, and we see in the New Jerusalem, there's the tree of life, there's the river of water of life, and this New Jerusalem is constructed with gold, silver, and precious stones. 
This signifies the believers who are transformed into precious materials through enjoying Christ as the tree of life and as the river of life flowing in their being. We can see all these points from Genesis to Revelation to show us that this is God's intention to fill us with himself as life, to transform us into precious materials for the building up of the body of Christ, to make us his bride for his eternal expression. What a memorable view of the whole Bible. Thank you, Ed. You have been listening to the Life Study of Genesis with Witness Lee. If you would like more information about this program, then please call 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. Or write to Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. You can also send us email at radio at lsm.org. For a free download of this program, or to find more information, visit us online at lsm.org. If you've enjoyed what you've heard from this Life Study of Genesis, then we encourage you to freely distribute this program. It's available in MP3 format. Again, it can be downloaded from lsm.org free of charge.